It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Friday edition, a little hype Friday, I'm feeling it. We're sitting here recording on a Thursday, and I've got the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger with us. James, how you doing, bud? Whew, Bear, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm excited to record with you again. And dude, nothing gets me more excited to record than that intro. I almost want to set that as my morning alarm. Rams Nation, because dude, gets me jacked for the show and ready to talk Rams with you, big guy. And heading into a Friday, it's it's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah, man. I thought you were going to say when I called you the man, the myth, the legend, I was like, so Kroger, uh, waking up to himself being the man, the myth, the legend. But that would get you up and get going. Well, I saw you. We, we were kind of... We were kind of chatting before we started here, and you sent me uh, a Snapchat of you pouring a beer and getting ready. So cheers to you, my friend. I poured myself a beer, and and even though it's it's Thursday, we're rolling into the Friday episode. We got a Friday mood uh, going here, and so we'll we'll keep that going along. Guys, make sure to go give him a follow at jkroger3 on Twitter. You can also find him at Rams Podcast, and you can find me LA underscore Rambling Bear, Lockdown Rams, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll get you guys covered and up to date on all the Rams stuff that is going on throughout the offseason as we get closer. You can find the show on the new streaming app Himalaya. Download it. It's free. It curates playlists for you. It's awesome. It has all of the Lockdown Podcast shows on there as well. So check out all the other stuff that we have going on the network. Over 110 shows. We're doing over 5 million downloads monthly. Uh, we're doing big things here. So check out the other shows on the network. Uh, but today, we have got James Kroger on. We're really excited about that. As I mentioned a couple times, it's Thursday. We're getting this in before Game 6 of the NBA Finals because we're all pretty much into that right now. And so last time we chatted uh, was, I almost want to say, Raptors in the last series. Uh, so we're now here in the finals. So I figured might as well kick it off. Well, this is going to air after the game, but predictions for tonight, James? you think this ends tonight on the road? No, unfortunately, I don't. I, I think the Golden State Warriors, after the sacrifice that Kevin Durant put in, injuring himself for this team, Clay Thompson just been on fire with his three-point shooting, so imperative in that last game. Steph Curry, one of the best players in the league. They're going to be back at home. This is the last game in their arena, right? So the last thing they want to do is is have the last game in the arena be a celebration for the Raptors tonight. So mm. I, dude, I have a feeling that something's going to happen and I don't want this to happen. I'm rooting for the Raptors right now, but I have a feeling Golden State might just win by at least 10, dude. I know. Well, it's funny. I was really, I mean, I've been pulling for the Raptors almost the whole uh, postseason. Kawhi's run has been mm. awesome. And I really want him to win at home. You know, Drake on the sidelines acting a fool, which I got to admit, like I know most people are really annoyed and over Drake, but I'm like constantly looking at the screen trying to find him. Like, what did Drake do? What did Drake do? Well, you're a big Drake guy. Yeah, yeah. You know me, man. I go back to the Drake stuff. But 
so I thought they were going to try to close that. I would love to see him close that at home. Didn't happen. And then now I kind of want a game seven. I kind of want to see this win yeah, for sure at home at Oracle. Like you said, send it off. But man, we just watched the St. Louis Blues win in game seven on the road in Boston, which is kind of a funny play in the Rams world because obviously Rams spent so long a long period of time in St. Louis. Uh, so some of those mm-hmm. fans that still don't hate the Rams out there, which there's a lot. So a little revenge for those fans out there, which made me feel good for the people out in St. Louis to kind of get their revenge on the city of Boston and also uh, win on the road. So winning on the road isn't, you know, unheard of. And, you know, there's an opportunity for them to do it tonight. But you're right. I think uh, last game in Oracle, even though if you look at their last game in Oracle, the Raptors won there. So uh, they feel good on the road. They won both of them out there. So uh, it'll be fun tonight. But I want to kind of throw it by you because I know we always talk basketball on the side as well. And it's big time, prime time stuff. Uh, so do you have Raptors in seven then, or? I absolutely have Raptors in seven. I think they're going to bring it back home. It's going to be an intense, awesome game seven. But they, at the end of the day, without Kevin Durant, you know, the way that Kawhi Leonard's been playing, there's, there's, I have a pretty strong feeling that the Raptors are going to take it back at home in game seven. Yeah, I'm feeling you there. Uh, I would like to see him do it tonight. I just don't think it's going to happen. But again, game seven, uh yeah all raptors would be nice another game seven in a major uh sport would be awesome obviously the hockey that just happened and then here in the nba would be nice so uh we'll transition this over and i want to talk a little bit about you know the kevin durant idea of him coming back and playing early a little bit with todd Gurley. i know it's very different different scale of injury time off those type of things uh but we'll kind of make those connections a little bit later too but Want to give a shout out before we keep going because this today's episode kind of had a theme brought to it uh, by one of our listeners. Will Powell, big listener, always reaches out, retweets all the good stuff on Twitter. So big shout out to him. Uh, he is overseas, across the pond, and uh, he tweeted us last week and said that he, he just booked his tickets to the London game. Uh, the Rams London game, which is mm, awesome. Sweet. And in the same day committed to his first fantasy football league, he later kind of went on to tag you and said, any fantasy draft tips much appreciated at James Kroger uh, would be great to hear your advice too. So kind of got us thinking, we were talking as we were getting ready for the show, like, what do you want to talk about today? It's Friday, a little fun segment. And we were like, yeah, let's talk some fantasy football. Let's, let's talk about, you know, Will's in his first league. You are defending champion. I think you told us about 12 times last time. But, hey, that's what you do when you are champion. <laughs> you got to let everyone know that you won the league. So you finally have got some hardware at the house. Um, looking at this year, are you guys getting that league back together? Or are you trying to join multiple leagues now? Or are you just sticking to one? Uh, probably stick with this league. There is a pretty hefty fee to to uh, to join, and I took the prior. Actually, uh, two years ago, I took off, and then I won my previous league at my old job. So I've I've won twice now out of probably playing. Oh geez, I don't even want to say uh, many times. So Will, thank you for the tag and a shout out and the kind words and the following and listening. We absolutely appreciate it, of course. And uh, want to maybe start with just answering his question on on advice, since I, like you said, I do have the hardware here. Uh, but to answer Bear's question, yes, we are doing it again. I got my trophy. I'm talking a lot of trash. Uh, you know, I'm not talking as much trash about Gurley, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but. Uh, it's it's game on. Uh, I'm probably unless I start a new league at my at my office, I'm probably going to stick with one. But I'd be I'd be kind of happy with two. But no matter what, if you want to go into a second league, this is my main one because there's a good amount of money involved. But well, the one advice that I want to give you and. 
people make fun of me for this move every year, but I tend to pick up a quarterback a little bit earlier on, not saying first or anything like that, because everybody, uh, of course, goes to different positions for that. But uh, people really try to get running back heavy in the beginning. And while I agree, it's imperative to have a solid running back there and to pick one up early too. I tend to grab a quarterback a lot earlier than most people. Um, and that has benefited me last year. For example, I snagged Tom Brady and of course I won my league with him as my QB and actually had Jared Goff as my backup. And we'll talk about that later too, because they had some comparable stats for many games. But if you get a chance to snag that, you know, one, two quarterbacks somewhat early, for example, this year, uh, and some of the draft kits looks like Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anybody would have regretted last year snagging Patrick Mahomes very early on. So, uh, to my advice, I'd say maybe try to get a quarterback if you're in a PPR league a little bit earlier than some may, uh, some others may advise. So I wanted to to give that a show. Yeah, that's that's living on the edge advice right there because you're right. I mean, looking at I got like a, <laughs> kind of a, a top ranking of where people finished last year. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you're talking about hitting it on the head, I mean, there you go. Patrick Mahomes, number one fantasy player last year, 417 points, uh, blows away the most mm-hmm. recent or the next place who had 385. So, you know, basically 30 more points uh, than the next closest place. And in the top 10, I think there are one, two, three, four quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, and Deshaun Watson all made it into the top 10 as far as points go. So it is a risky move. Go out there and get your quarterback. And if you don't, then you might want to wait and kind of shelve that because you're right, getting that quarterback early. I mean, Patrick Mahomes will, most likely, I believe in most of these leagues, uh, going to be a top 10 pick and maybe even a top five pick because of what he did last year, throwing 50 touchdowns mm-hmm. and kind of the hype train that is just built off of what he's done. I mean, all the no look passes, cover of Madden, all that stuff, which if you believe in the Madden curse, maybe you stay away from him. But uh, we're going to take a look at, you know, kind of uh, some of those position groups and and where the Rams rank into that and and how they can rank out and where you should go get guys. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about Todd Gurley, who was, you know, ended up being one of the best fantasy players last year in the league, but then again, slowed down near the end, the injury talk. So we'll get to that. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back. James Kroger, Bear Modder, Locked On Friday, right after this. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All 
All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger with us, joining us on a Friday edition, a fun fantasy Friday. Woo, a lot of Fs there. Uh, and we're kind of talking over, we, we kind of briefly hit a lot of stuff in the first segment, and now we're going to kind of get into the nitty gritty. Um, well, you started with quarterbacks, right? So we'll start with quarterbacks as much as I want to start with Todd Gurley and talk about that. We'll get to him. He's had enough airtime on this show over the past couple of months. So we'll start with Jared Goff and, you know, he finished 12th last year in overall quarterbacks. And actually, the ESPN football experts all got together. So our representative out here in L.A. is Lindsey 30 for ESPN. And all the uh, NFL teams got together and they re-ranked all the players and how, how you know, they think projections are going to come. And they had Jared Goff right at number 12 again. Uh, if you see Jared Goff sitting there and let's say you didn't get one of your top quarterbacks right away, is a guy is Jared Goff a guy? I know you said you had him as your backup, but is he, you know, with the progression that he's had in the last couple of years, is he worth kind of a late round starting quarterback type caliber guy? Or is he still in this world, in this fantasy world, still a backup type role for you? Hell yeah, he's worth it, dude. I think a lot of people are really Underlicking him right now, I have him at, on the the fantasy football ESPN uh, draft at number thirteen among quarterbacks, right behind Russell Wilson at number twelve. And what I think people are just forgetting is the the tools he has in his toolbox with Cooper Cup being back. Right, we have. Uh, Cooks and Woods, and I think they're going to have huge years. And then in the running back spot, we got uh, Todd Gurley, who's going to be getting some receptions. And then let's not forget Henderson, who we picked up in the draft this year, who is a high reception running back as well. So there's going to be additional options with him too. Let alone, we talked about how much we we potentially, or I potentially think they're going to try to utilize the tight ends again this year. So I think Goff, as, as Sean McVay has mentioned in a couple of interviews recently, when they're trying to address his... Uh, extension and his uh, contract and what the Rams are going to do and the timing on all of that. Sean McVay has said nothing but great things about how much golf is improving and continuing to stay consistent. So like I said, last year I had Tom Brady as my starter, but Jared Goff, there's many times when I was trying to decide which one would be the best for that week because they were, there was times when Goff had more points than, than Tom Brady and, and vice versa, but they were both still pretty consistent in the high twenties. Uh, you know, early thirties. So I think people they're putting Jared Goff a little low on this list. I see people like Prescott or maybe, uh, I don't know, some others that may not have quite the year. Aaron Rodgers is really up there. So he's, I don't think he's going to put up Patrick Mahomes numbers, but, uh, you know, for solid late round starting quarterback, I think it's, 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 it would be a great equation for somebody. Yeah. Well, and it goes into the case where we talked about Todd Gurley coming up here, which we'll, we'll mention here in a second, but, you know, with the understanding or the, you know, all all of us guessing that they're going to try to lighten his workload a little bit. I mean, the guy had 17 touchdowns last year, which definitely takes away from Goff's touchdown numbers and what he can do through the air is when they got in the red zone, he was the guy that finished the drive. And I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. I think we can see Jared Goff red zone numbers go up as far as touchdowns and production there. So maybe he does come up from that 12, 13 mark and he starts to kind of get where he was really in the overall, my overall picture of him in a quarterback, which is probably in that seven to 10 range, maybe in that, that lower half of, of the top 10. Um, but I, I'm with you. I don't know if I'm ready to commit 
a him as a my first quarterback off the board. I think I still might go a different direction. I'm with you. If I see one of those high end quarterbacks, I want to try to you know grab that right away. But uh, if he's there, he's definitely someone that I think that the rest of the people may jump and look over him because I really think that as much as he's gotten attention lately, still people don't really believe in him other than a lot of people in Rams Nation. Yeah, it's not like he took you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's had a horrible first three years of his career. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, he definitely on my team would probably be more of a secondary quarterback that I rotate in with matchups. Uh, but this might be the year with the progressions that he's had over the last three years where he jumps up, jumps up. And this could be the year that he breaks over and really gets into that dangerous territory in touchdowns as far as what you're looking for in a quarterback, especially if they're looking to kind of lighten that workload for Todd Gurley, uh, which I kind of want to you know get to now since uh, that's a nice little transition there. Uh, Todd Gurley, <laughs> uh, this is a guy who had, as I just mentioned, 17 touchdowns on the ground last year. He had over 1,200 yards rushing, 256 attempts. Uh, that goes along with four touchdowns receiving through the air, uh, 59 catches and 580 receiving yards. So this guy was a fantasy monster right out of the gate. Does he put up any anywhere close to those numbers this year? Uh, he was the number four overall guy as far as in a PPR league. It went Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, who had like 90-something catches last year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, in the PPR again, had a crazy amount of catches. And then Todd Gurley, is this the guy that you're taking at the top of the board? And, and can he do what he did last year? Uh, I don't know. Not at the top of the board. And no, he cannot do what he did last year. I honestly think that we are done seeing the days of Todd Gurley having over uh, 20, 22 attempts per game. To be honest with you, uh, some people may argue with that. He had five of them last year, including one for actually 22 attempts. So I think he, we're going to see less attempts from him. The injury right now is 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 kind of being downplayed. I mean, he came out and said after he wasn't in OTAs or minicamp, did no field on field work. He came out and said that he's a lot less worried about it than he was um, with his college injury with the ACL, which is a which is a pretty big injury. And pretty common, but he came back from that obviously really well. But he is now going into his fifth year uh, in the NFL, and you know the the lifetime of running backs and and peaks of their performance in the NFL, you know, in the running back position is is probably the lowest out of anybody. They actually average two point five two point five uh, seven overall career uh, years in the NFL. And of course, uh, if you are, you know, have certain stats, like, you know, you make it so far in the playoffs or you start your rookie year, or basically saying, if you're a good player, good enough player, those, those years actually go up, but positional players and running backs uh, is, is the lowest. And if he's having another injury right now, and we saw at the end of last season, how much we decreased his overall uh, performance and uh, on top of that, who who we went after this year in the draft? Like we prioritized Henderson, which I'm super excited about. I know we're going to get there, but what I'm saying is he's not going to get those, like I mentioned, those 22, 25 attempts per game anymore. I think those days are fairly done, uh, in my personal opinion. So when it gets back to fantasy and whether or not I take them high, I'd I probably wouldn't, to be really honest with you. So I want to I want to dive into some of those numbers there and kind of, you know, I don't know, put you on the spot a little bit, right? So last year he had 17 touchdowns on the ground. Um, what do you what do you think 
the mark is this year? Like how far does it drop? Is it 14? Is it, is it 10? Is it single digits? What are are your thoughts? I actually think he's the perfect person to utilize in the red zone. So, you know, when we're not having these long drives and when we're speaking of just red zone and and scoring touchdowns, I think he's still going to have a good amount. So, you know, maybe say he got 13 the year before. So let's say he'll 14 is a good number to jump down to. I'm saying he's probably going to get a lot less overall attempts, which would lead to overall less yards. But I do think that he's key when we get into the red zone, especially with our passing game, uh, being able to, to open up opportunities for him. Um, so I think I think he's going to keep the touchdowns up. And also when it comes, you know, I'm assuming that's counting reception touchdowns too. So I, I actually saw a crazy stat when I was kind of looking into this on, on pro football reference and uh, they broke down red zone rushing stats. And Todd Gurley had 17 touchdowns last year on the ground. All 17 came within the red zone, 17 touchdowns inside the 20 yard line. Um, and then you take that 10 yards closer inside the 10 yard line, 14 touchdowns inside the 10 yard line. And this is the one that goes just ballistic in my mind is inside the five yard line. He had nine touchdowns. He had 18 rushing attempts for 12 wow. yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, the guy was just a monster when he got into the red zone. Uh, the closest person was Alvin Kamara, who actually had 13 touchdowns inside the 20-yard line compared to Todd Gurley's 17. And then it drops off. Saquon Barkley goes seven, uh, and you kind of see the number go down a little bit from there. Uh, but, yeah, just crazy. You're talking about him as a red zone threat, and maybe that's the type of you know what we'll see from him is getting – uh, you know, still a, a number of carries, right? Not up in that 20 to 25 mark, but maybe that 12 to 17 mark. Uh, and then really getting that workload when he's near the red zone. Sean McVay loves doing that 11 personnel. They can run and throw out of it. They did a lot of running out of it. And it's interesting to see what our offensive line is going to be because if they were able to make us, you know, run great down in the red zone, if we can't do that and move move those people down there, uh, it may start doing a little bit more play action down the red zone. Yeah, and you know when you speak of the line, I want to address that too, as we have two new starters on the offensive line. And just cut back to talking about football, looking at these these top running backs in in my PPR league cheat sheet I'm looking at right now, the top running backs, Todd Gurley is at number nine for that position. But if you look at people in front of him, I wonder how many of these people are actually going into their fifth year as well or, or longer. Uh, probably not many because we have Barkley, Elliott, uh, Kamara, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, and and James Conner are all ahead of, of Todd Gurley currently. So a lot of those guys are a little bit younger. Uh, and um, so that kind of also speaks to my point of, of just kind of where he's at as far as years in the career too. All right. Well, before we kick it over to the other segment, um, let me just throw it out to you. Let's say you're sitting at number seven overall pick and Todd Gurley's there. Uh, are you grabbing him at seven? Mm. Uh, no, no, my man, he's strong with it. Sorry. There's going to be a lot. Where, where is your, my, I'm at LA underscore rambling bear for yeah. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, where do you draw the line then? Where is, if I'm here value wise, Todd Gurley comes to me, I'm sitting here drafting here. What round maybe, or position are you like, I'm pulling the trigger there at Todd Gurley. That's tough to say because we all know about it all depends on on who's gone already, obviously. Yes. And, you know, my little my little quarterback scheme I got going on. So I might be diving into one of those positions, you know. So uh that's really tough to say, dude. But uh, gosh, to answer your question, I think I might 
I think I would rather – I'd feel more comfortable with um, maybe another running back and, and somebody else on my team before I go for Gurley. So you're staying, you're staying away. You're, you're, you're staying uh, clear away from Todd Gurley. I'm at seven. If I'm at seven and Todd Gurley falls there, uh, I'm scooping him up. I know I may get some criticism from people outside of the Rams world on that. But if he's there, I think, I think he is. I mean, you said 14 touchdowns uh, is what you're thinking potentially of where he goes this year as far as, you know, on the ground. He's your number one running back on your fantasy team? Yeah. I, I put that much trust into what they're doing with him in the off season and getting him healthy and coming back. And also I think the addition of Henderson almost, I don't want to say increases his value, but it makes uh, on, on a football standpoint, there's a lot more that they have to cover and be ready for. And just knowing what he did in the red zone. And if that's like you said, the direction that they want to go is, Hey, we're going to give you a carries, you know, throughout the game. But when we get in the red zone, you were our closer last year and we're going to continue to do that. Um, true, true. you know, that he can put up at least 10 touchdowns alone when he gets in the red zone. He had 17 last year. I mean, cutting that in half. And I still think he's on his way to getting double digit touchdowns and, and see himself, uh, you know, be a value, be a good enough value at number seven. But, uh, we'll see how that all kind of plays out. I want to step aside really quick. We're going to take another break. When we come back. We're going to talk wide receivers because there's a lot of things going on. We got two really good guys, Cooper Cup coming back. I want to see how it all shakes out when you're looking at the fantasy aspect. James Kroger, Bear Modder, Lockdown Rams Friday, right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. We've got James Kroger from Rams Podcast with us, flashing it back to the good old days where me and James would sit together, drink some beers. Now we're uh, connected via the internet, still drinking beers, uh, (laughs) talking football, having a good time, and we're kind of opening up this fantasy conversation. This is a 30-minute show, 30, 40-minute typically, so we're not going to get it all in here today. We're going to squeeze as much as we can. We'll probably revisit this again and, and take different angles on certain things, talk about certain players a little bit more. But I wanted to cover kind of the main aspect, right? Quarterback, running back, which we could have talked about forever, uh, and then coming into uh, wide receiver. Before we get to wide receiver, and I want to talk to you because if you do, if let's say you fall into Tiger, he, he falls in the second round and you're like, I can't help it. I'm getting this guy. You always hear in uh, you know fantasy football, if you get a number one running back and there's a little question about his health, You always want to handcuff them with the backup, right? But looking at it in this year, in this league coming in, um, you know, 2019, 
you've got two guys to choose as far as who you would you handcuff them with. It's either you go with the the veteran and, and Malcolm Brown, a guy that is expected to come back healthy and right now is running with the number one starters in, in minicamp and OTAs as Todd Gurley isn't participating. Or do you go with the up-and-coming running back that may be utilized uh, more than just in the running game with Henderson? Who do you handcuff Todd Gurley with? Is it Henderson or is it Brown? Well, Bear, that's really tough because, you know, before actually before this podcast, I was just I, I was dinking around and somehow I got interest I got into Daryl Henderson highlights from college. And that really got me excited for football season coming up this year. So right now, you know, my excitement wants to tell me Henderson because just watching him in college and how many points he put up and yards and how they're able to utilize him as a receiver and what he did in the running back, it reminded me a lot of, of, of how well he's going to fit with this, with this offense. And obviously since they picked him up somewhat early with their, with their draft options, um, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do with that said, I was also excited about John Kelly last year and I didn't see as much as I wanted out of him. So it's kind of risky to, to go there, but, uh, you know, Malcolm Brown has been amazing and, uh, I don't know. I, I'm feeling a little risky with this one. I'm going to probably, you know, roll the dice and go with Henderson because I think, you know, the combination of those two and how they would utilize him to replace what Gurley could potentially be doing. I think the Rams would would get more out of out of. Henderson. Yeah, I think the upside for Henderson is a lot bigger. We talked about the ESPN experts getting together and ranking players. Uh, they had Todd Gurley at number six in the running back. Uh, core and then they had Henderson at number 57 Brown was not even listed so uh, they're expecting some upside from Henderson a guy that could potentially even come in and take that number two spot before we get to the season or during the season so uh, it was kind of a trick question there Kroger way to pay attention champ Uh, we'll take it we'll move on to wide receivers Uh, we're stacked at wide receivers I mean we you could look and say, oh, they don't have that number one, like Hopkins type of guy or AB, the guy that's just going to take over. But we've got three guys that can put up, you know, a thousand yards or close to. And two of them did it last year. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Uh, Woods put up 86 catches for 1,219 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Cooks put up 80 catches, uh, 1,204 yards for five touchdowns. Cooper, before he got injured, 40 catches, 566 with six touchdowns, and then we see a fall-off. Obviously, Reynolds stepped in, 29 catches, 400 yards, and five touchdowns. No one on the team had over seven touchdowns. If you're going to take the first Rams wide receiver off the board, who's it going to be and why? That's a good question. And did you say that you had 1,900 yards for Robert Woods last year? No, uh, 1,219. Okay, cool. Yeah, same here. Okay, so they're, you know, Woods and Cooks are, what, 20, 15 yards apart. Uh, Of course, Robert Woods had uh, additional six receptions. But Cooks is actually listed a little higher up uh, in the the draft cheat sheets right now. And I'm wondering if that's because of his speed and, you know, what they potentially see out of him next year. So did you ask who I'd pick first for receiver? Yeah. So you also have to ask the question, is it a PPR league? Because if you look at somebody like Cooper Cup, well, I actually think he's going to get a lot more receptions than Cooks and Woods, but 
probably a lot less yards. I think uh, Cooks especially uh, and Woods are, are more deep threats. So they're going to get a lot of yards and less receptions. So I don't know, man. I, I, it's, I think right now the chemistry between Jared Goff and Robert Woods is, is going to be hot coming into this year. So if I got to go with a number one guy, it's going to be – I'm going to go with Robert Woods. But right behind him is Cooper Cup, right behind him. Oh, wow. So you put Cooks third on your on your need list there, huh? Yeah, I'm going opposite of of the the cheat sheets, brah. I like it, man. You're doing a lot of do your own thing, Kroger. I like it. Living on the edge, living your life, man. Hey, they don't call me man lift legend for no reason because I follow everybody else. You know? Very true, very true. And you're right. I think I think it's it's a coin toss uh, for some of these guys. Uh, just looking at the way, I mean, if you want to risk and and feel like Woods is kind of the the bigger boom, you have a bigger chance for those big big plays and. You know, if they really hit a stride and, you know, he can really rack up yards quickly. But Woods is like his go-to guy. And obviously we see that a lot with Cup, as you mentioned, when he was on the field was like his third down monster. Go to him, PPR type of monster. But um, I still, I'm with you here on this one. I think I go uh, Woods first off the board as far as wide receiver just because of the consistency. Um, also, I'm not saying that, you know, Cooks is a guy that can get injured, but I feel like out of the two, Woods feels like a sturdier frame to me, a guy that's going to be a little bit more reliable as far as on the injury front uh, throughout the you know the the season next year. So I think that's part of it as well. And again, just just his go to guy, a guy that uh, you know led the team in touchdowns or tied for the team in touchdowns. That was with Cooper Cup before he got injured. Uh, but that might be a, a reason why you're talking about Cooper being the second off the board is that Jared Goff, especially when it came down to getting in the end zone. Uh, six touchdowns in the limited amount of games that he had by far if he, he's such a good route runner exactly so i get that pick there um with cooper being you know in the mix but it's crazy to look at this team and go brandon cooks would be the third receiver off the board in the fantasy world i don't know if many people would agree with us i probably still would go cooks out of safety precaution but i'm really hoping somehow i still land cup in my league because he is a guy that i just don't know what he's going to be coming off this injury he i talked about it on the podcast before i think he's got like a I don't want to say a different mindset than other pros or whatever, but you can just tell the way that he's approaching this injury that uh, you, you expect him to come back to that level that he was or near that level that he was at. Slow and steady. He, he's not going to pull a Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, exactly. And we kind of made that Ooh. reference earlier in the in the show, and I hope he doesn't because uh, coming back too early from an injury. But you, you're right. They had this whole offseason, him and Todd Gurley, to kind of you know chill it out, bro, and get everything back to where it needs to be. <laughs> Uh, but it's kind of interesting. Those three receivers, actually, Woods and Cooks came in 11 and 13, respectively, last year uh, as far as wide receiver rankings. So those are the kind of the deeper down the the wide receiver ranks. Obviously, you know, your guys, as I mentioned, Hopkins and uh, AB a- are going to be near the top of that list because of their, their boom production. Their big touchdown numbers, double-digit touchdowns, amazing catches. Odell Beckham in the new system. Uh, Landry across from home in that system as well. So there's a lot of wide receivers out there, but for value, uh, those two guys at the top, Cooks and Woods, both putting up 1,200 yards uh, and you know a handful of touchdowns. I think their touchdown mark needs to go up, but that goes back to our original conversation with Jared Goff. Are they going to be throwing the ball a little bit more, uh, especially maybe when it comes to the red zone, instead of feeding Todd Gurley and trying to bang him up, trying to keep him uh, you know around longer, uh, that they'll start using Jared Goff's arm. I mean, if we're going to pay the man $34, $32 million, might as well start letting him throw like crazy. Um, but I guess we'll kind of close it with, which has kind of been our disappointment 
so far, which is shocking as we expected so much out of the tight end position when McVay got here. But we got Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, who had 33 and 24 catches. Uh, Everett had 320 yards, three touchdowns. Higby had 292 yards, two touchdowns. Um, any breakthrough out of those two guys as far as the tight end position stat-wise? Or should we? are we kind of looking at the same thing this year uh, when it comes to production? Well, dude, we've talked about how much we want Sean McVay to open this offense a little bit more to the tight ends every year. As an ex-tight end coach, you would think that he would want to do so. And I know we have you know awesome talent at running back and wide receiver. But I do see Gerald Everett right now on the overall tight end list. Of course, he's low, not number 29, but I don't see Tyler Higby's name there. And I just kind of thought, you know, going to training camp and stuff, you see the chemistry that Jared Goff and Higby have. You see on social media the chemistry that Higby and Jared Goff have. I don't know if it's these are Goff decisions that lack getting them the ball as much or if it's more of a McVay pull here on the plays that don't utilize them as much. And they both are really big guys. They're good at blocking as well and, and coming up off the block. So I don't know, man. I, I would I, I really would like to see more utilization of the tight ends this year and, and a breakthrough season. You know, Everett was really exciting coming out of the draft when we got him a few years ago. And I just I, I, I want him to really have that breakthrough year and, and have us really have that solid tight end presence. I think it's one area where we're kind of potentially lacking on offense. So I want it to happen. And do I see it happen? You know, I kind of I thought that had happened last year and it didn't really happen. So I, I want it to. But, um, you know, We'll see. Yeah, I think the only guy that's worth even looking into in the tight end position, and it would obviously probably be near the bottom of your draft as you you want to get a top tier tight end. But uh, I think that guy's going to be Gerald Everett. If you're if you're willing to risk on a Rams tight end, it's got to be Gerald Everett. Uh, led the team with three touchdowns. Kind of had a those three touchdowns kind of came in in a wave uh, around that Kansas City Chiefs game. Obviously had that big touchdown near the end, but I think kind of his upside is a little bit bigger than than the rest and obviously we've got a handful of guys undrafted uh rookies that are in camp that are trying to make the team on as far as the tight end most likely third string tight end and truth be told about everett i i picked him up at the I just kind of picked him up at the right time last year and put him in at the right time and got rid of him at the right time. So I did have him on my team last year. I had quite a few Rams. I had Cup too before his injury. Uh, so yeah, hopefully Everett hooks people up on fantasy as someone. Yeah, and that's kind of the that's the special thing about fantasy, man. Picking people up on the waiver wire is always crucial in the first few weeks, and then being able to timely start them and timely know when their run is over, right? Because if you're like, oh man, well he's had you know five touchdowns in the last seven games, but you know, you're starting to see a style change or an injury or even other the defenses they're facing. You got to know when to let go in, in fantasy football. And it's it's about the start and sit. I mean, that's why uh, all those daily fantasies are, are huge, because you constantly want to be rotating your guys. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention is it was we were talking about the strength of that wide receiver position and, um, you know, ESPN putting together all of their analysts and kind of coming up with their list. Uh, the Rams were the only wide receiving core, well, one of the only wide receiving core to have three players in the top 20. There was only one other team that had multiple wideouts, and that was the Vikings, and that was Adam Thielen at number 10 and Stefan Diggs at number 14. So the Rams had three guys in the top 19 uh, mm-hmm. or top 20, 
and only one other team had a wide receiving core of two people in the top 20. So their depth there is really what makes them scary. Maybe nice. they don't have the number one, two, three, four, five guy, but they've got three in the top 20 as far as these experts' eyes. So that's where the value really sits for those guys. A great, uh, depending on your league, if you have a wide receiver three or a flex guy, uh, that's where that guy is going to go and fit perfectly. Uh, and if you want to just combo them up, you never know. I mean, these guys put together – uh, some great yardage and catches. They just need to get in the end zone a little bit more because Todd Gurley was hogging it all last year. We'll see if that's the case. And that's kind of what this conversation is all about. <laughs> but James, man, I appreciate it. A fun breakdown on some fantasy football expectations. We'll continue to kind of throw numbers your way. You're our, our stat guy, our, our uh, nerd alert on the numbers. So uh, we always appreciate when you join the show, give your opinion on this. And hey, man, you're the returning champ. Wear that uh, belt or hold that trophy high for the rest of the year until uh, you guys do your draft. And uh, man, I got to get in with you, man. I'm getting too competitive seeing you win and want to want to face combat. But uh, I don't dink around, bro. I know no dink in here, man. That's for sure. But James, man, we appreciate it. Go give him a follow at JK Kroger at J Kroger three. Maybe I should change it to at MML James, and it stands for Man Myth Legend. <laughs> there it is mml also at j kroger three you can hit me up at la underscore ram and the bear locked out rams you know what it is until next time rams nation peace Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.